five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, searching the world for marketing news every day. Here we go. Let's get over to the news. Okay. And here's a paint ad from the UK. This is a Greek choir. Four years ago, Hannah met Dave. What's the chance of finding a soulmate at an illegal rave? It must be low. But there you go. They dated for a while, then got a place together. Hey, so shall we have a baby? Hannah said, no, nah, never. And that was fine. At least for a time. Then one day out of the blue, she stopped thinking no. She threw herself at Dave and said, come on, let's go. He said, steady on. Halfway through a scone. And now baby's coming and they don't know what it is. Hannah's hoping for a girl. Dave's just hoping that it's his. And they're happy the spare room's no longer grey. Cause there's a baby on the way. There's a baby on the way. There's a baby on the way. And they're supposed there's to be sitting on a paint roller there. I didn't get that right away. Crown. It's not just paint, it's personal. Okay, so. That's the paint ad, and I have to say, my priest says that if you, <laughs> you're not really married until you can paint the room. I'm not sure they were married anyway, but if you can paint a room together, then you've got a real relationship. Babies aside, painting the rooms is harder. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, let's get over to real stories. This is from Craig Huey, Testing Corner, Surprising Results for Multi-Channel Marketing Copy Test. Okay, I didn't think it was that surprising. Oh, I got to turn this off. Here we go. I didn't think it was that surprising because I picked the winner. As someone with 40 years of experience in creative testing probably can. Uh, <coughs> I attended a creative webinar yesterday that I sort of endorsed kind of a little bit. And uh, as usual, well, testing was mentioned. It's the first time I've heard testing mentioned. Um, but no examples. So we'll give you an example today. They, you know, there's plenty of examples in the world. Go to scientific advertising at scientificadvertising.com and get Claude Hopkins book. It's free download. I don't have any connection with them except I, you know, it's a good place to start. If you're in advertising, uh, understand that direct mail is a place where we know the answer. It's no, not speculative whether this works or doesn't work. And we're going to be talking more about that when we get over to Ritson's article on that commercial. Okay, so direct mail has some unique tools. Magalogs, bookalogs, catalogs, and reportalogs. And I've done most of those. And some of them work really well and some of them don't so much. Um, but you can learn a lot from the direct mail tests, right? That's the theme. Human behavior online and offline is the same, right? The vehicles don't necessarily work the same, but when you learn it for real, this is, I think, what the point that, that Craig is making. When you learn it for real, with a real test, with real splits, real homogeneous test samples, good test samples, and, and statistically valid sample sets, when you know something for sure, then you're able to take that and uh, and take it to the bank with digital. It's very hard to know with digital to the level that mail can give you.
but it is easy to leverage what you learn in mail. And we have a case study about that. I, uh, I believe it's up on LinkedIn or up on YouTube. If you look up LoveSack on uh, search my videos and and look for LoveSack case study. I think I did a, a one show completely explaining how we tested in mail and then rolled out and how their growth just exploded. Um, and so I'll I'll try to put the link down below for you for you guys in LinkedIn. I'll put the link to that video. Uh, this is about my about my fourth uh, anniversary of the show. We're, we're, I think we're finishing up our fourth year, uh, third year at least. Anyway, a few years now. <laughs> no, this would be the third year. We're starting our fourth year, and uh, we've got a, almost 1,100. 1,092 videos up on YouTube, so there's quite a collection. Some people prefer to follow me, or subscribe rather, uh, on YouTube because the alerts are more consistent. YouTube turns them on. YouTube lets you turn them on and off yourself. LinkedIn seems to turn them on and off depending on if you've watched recently. So if you if you don't watch every now and then, they, they then they quit sending them to you. So they have an algorithm driving it, trying to guess what you want to do, but YouTube always will send you that alert uh, and you don't have to watch it but you know it'll always send you the alert so you can keep up to date and so a lot of people watch over on YouTube if you're over on YouTube watching um, you know send a thumbs up or something and, and we can see it in the comments anyway so you can you can learn in mail more mm, the epistemology is better because you know who got it and that there was engagement by a decision maker and they did or didn't buy all other media what you know is who bought you don't know who saw it you don't know if anybody saw it, it could all have been bots okay but and and even and in like Facebook doesn't tell you who they put even showed it to right in a media, in a in a market, media market, you don't know who had their TV on to that channel, uh, and you don't know who was paying attention, or maybe the TV was just running in another room, right? You, know, you just don't know any of those things, and so the testing is just not as effective. Not you don't learn with the with the with the clarity and reality that when you test in mail, you can really know an answer. Now that said, if you test something insignificant, there may not be a significant difference. Uh, if you test something that you could just fix that we all know you should have fixed, well, then that's just a waste of time and money. So there, there are nuances to testing, even in mail. But when you get a valid test with a high confidence interval, then you can roll it out to other media. And that's what I think Craig is saying in this. I wouldn't say online and offline behavior is exactly the same. Oftentimes, the, the online buyer, customers acquired with online, our shoppers, they're going to go to lots of websites, they're looking around, and you happen to have the lowest price at the moment, or you happen to have the inventory at the moment, somebody else didn't, and they don't, you know, especially if you're, you're taking buyers that came through your, your online business on Amazon, uh, those people tend to not think of buying from you, they think of buying from Amazon, which is why it, it seems to me to be hugely important to have your own name on the box, uh, or something else, some other brand identifier when it comes to, to connect them to you, not just to Amazon. But we found that those are just really, really low value as far as buying again because they don't think they bought from you. They think they bought from Amazon. 
right? On, I, buy, I buy on eBay a lot. I don't know, one vendor on eBay that I bought from. I, I can go back and buy from the same one if I, if I do the work, though they only really keep three years of history, which is a little short for me. I've been on eBay since about, about 1997 or something. <clears throat> anyway, the formats are good. Format tests are great. Um, but as Craig points out, one of the best things is to test the cover, and the cover implies maybe the headline, something like that. So they were testing a Magalog test. A, magaz a Magalog is something that looks informative, like a like a magazine, and there's lots of health magazines, so it would you know it would be intriguing if it landed on your desk. So it looks like a magazine, and then it turns out to be talking about your products. Surprise. And sometimes if you have complex products, we went to a Magalog format for a business-to-business import-export form company that I worked with, and uh, it really was effective. And what happened was uh, they were selling forms, they were selling like carbonless multiple forms in a stack so that you could ensure that when you filled out in a typewriter, if you can believe that back in the day, you can you could fill out the forms and make sure that they were all identical because you might have a two million dollar desalinator plant sitting on a dock somewhere and the 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 import export guy who isn't maybe you know maybe doesn't even speak English but he looks at the at the letters and says well this says this company is the is the uh, exporter and on this form it says this company they're not the same and so you're sitting there for weeks trying to figure out why they're not letting it through. Um, and so we wanted to tell those stories, and that's why we used a Magalog. We it, it's called back the hearse up to the door, in the in the in the old door-to-door -door life insurance sales business. Okay, so two twenty-two natural remedies. Here's so here's the cover, and basically it's the headline on the cover: twenty-two natural remedies and space-age discoveries even your doctor doesn't know about. Discoveries is a power word. You know, everybody says. Find out, but find out takes work or learn. Ah, learn, that brings back memories of school. But discover, discover, oh, you know, it's the long lost item in the bottom of your junk drawer. <laughs> oh, I discovered this. I've been wondering where that went for years. No work involved at all, discovery. I mean, I'm not saying all discoveries are like that, but it tends to be a more immediate and mo a more positive word than learn or explore or a lot of things, okay? So that's the cover A. Cover B is two, 22 natural remedies and space-age discoveries. Again, good word. That could change your life. You know, but this is kind of passive voice. Could, right? Could, would, should. Uh, it could, it might. But this one, you know, these are 22 remedies even your doctor doesn't know about. Man, that's amazing, right? So guess which one won? Yes, the A one. 42% higher. Just that copy test right and then what they did was it give it gives guidance to our digital campaign it increased our response to our integrated multi-channel uh, and it increased response to our look-alike multi-channel audience okay so they were prospects and uh, looks like customers and that is the key okay so that's a really good really good article from Craig Huey he, ha he has a regular newsletter that you can subscribe to uh, Craig, I hope you support the WDMA. Dave and Hannah, that ad we just saw may be sexist, but it's also salient. And this is a, a pretty long article, 14 minutes by by Mark Ritson, my my 
my favorite author in marketing. And so there was a bunch of complaints, 300 complaints about this ad to the ASA, which is the advertising police in the UK. And, uh, said it's not just paint and it's personal is was the complaint people had they didn't like it personally because like this lady i'm assuming is a woman says spent the last 20 years having to explain that i won't change my mind after deciding to be voluntarily child free now you sing about a paint advert and completely undermine the choices of child that child free people make eh, it could be a man it could be a woman Anyway, um, so they got mad, and one of the things that Ritson points out is that, uh, you know, this could be read, read, read as a stereotype. It, it's also that social media magnifies the complainers. <laughs> you know, it could be sexist, saying women don't really know what they want, women are emotional, um dave's lack of confidence and trust in his partner yeah that one's kind of illustrated okay disgraceful advert casting hannah as a woman who sleeps around yeah that might be but you know we don't know that she still is <laughs> we don't know <laughs> and that brings up another point see social media overrepresents those who are outraged right okay for an ad seen by millions 300 complaints isn't that big a deal, but, you know, the advertising authority could chop it out. There is a 30-second version, which is a little less, but still quite a bit, quite a bit, uh, you know. Okay, so was the ad sexist or a tongue-in-cheek? And if you read um, or if you watched that show about uh, the, the ad agency girl in Paris, she said, well, let's let the audience decide. Is it sexy or is it sexist? And it was... It was my favorite episode that I've ever seen on TV, I think, because it basically said, let's test the creative. And she explained how to do it on Twitter, and it, and it worked really well. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, in the next day or two. Oh, Emily in Paris is the name of the series. And I actually excerpted it. I'll probably get a copyright violation. I excerpted <laughs> that piece, uh, and it's on the – I think it's up on YouTube. I don't think it's – I don't think it's been taken down. So if you if you look up Emily in Paris or just Emily on my YouTube channel, you probably can find it. You can't search, you can't really search LinkedIn at all, as far as I know. Okay, so is it sexy or sexist or or is it just a modern the way modern relationships tend to shake out? Yes and yes. It's called polysemic or polysemic. I don't know how to say that word. Multiple, often contradictory interpretations. Are possible with the audience and then it goes into quite a bit of detail we're not going to take all of this time but if you go over to WDMA all you have to do is subscribe and it's free if you go over to WDMA.org plus if you you know if you really want to know where we're going next or what we're doing uh, that's the best way to get informed we take those and put them in our little email thing you know we did a few emails last week for the show the webinar but we hadn't done any since April so you know we're not we're not going to overwhelm your inbox. You know, I have hundreds every day. It's not even a blip. So, so while all texts are potentially polysemic, advertising is probably the most because it's short. There isn't a backstory. The character development isn't there. Um, and so there's a lot of debate. And But 
uh, Crown Paints kept saying, well, we didn't intend that, meaning. <laughs> so they get a shout out. The other funny thing was is that is that the is it's dismaying to report that Hannah and Dave was made by an all-male team at Winslow-based agency-driven male planner, male creative team, male director, and probably most of the guys at the paint company are male too, mixing different paint. But if you know about painting together as a couple, you know it's probably your wife who said, this house is getting tawdry, we need to paint. And and that's who's the decision maker. So uh, Ritson says if there would have been one or maybe two women on board, they might have seen that this seen this coming. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things. Oh, so then he goes over to his buddy John, who runs who runs System One, which actually shows how customers uh, or how the audience reacts. And they said it was kind of ho-hum. It rated 84th out of 143 ads for household goods. Not a lot of reaction. But 15% of the audience got irritated and 15% liked it. You know, so it's kind of a, you know, it's a kind of a bell curve, right? A couple of, dis- a couple of deviations from the mean is uh, standard deviations is irritation and a couple is happiness. <laughs> but probably the happiness people didn't bother to take the time to write but the big thing was people knew it was crown paints in the ad which is something i criticize a lot of ads for they don't they don't give they don't tell you who the ad is in fact i showed my wife an ad just yesterday just yesterday or the day before she said well what are they even advertising and it was it was tacked on at the end but you know they could have done some product placement or something in it Anyway, the reason, the, the fact that you're even reading about this or hearing about this today is because there was blowback, okay? The blowback magnified and amplified the reach of the ad, okay? So for the most part, any reaction will prove to be ultimately positive for an ad and then the brand behind it. Their sales will go up because in your lizard brain, I don't believe in lizard brains, you got a <laughs> reptile brain. You, you thought about painting or your wife, you know, didn't like the ad, but thought, yeah, we do need to paint this place. <laughs> and I'm not blaming wives for that. Thank heaven. Somebody <laughs> keeps an eye on the place because <laughs> I probably am out on my motorcycle. All sexist. All. <laughs> I'm stereotypical. Okay. Because of the complaints, but because of the complaints about the ad, you paint the room. It's not just paint. It's personal. So thank you for that, uh, Mark Ritson. And just a note that we're meeting in Minneapolis on the 8th and in Boston on the 14th. So mark your calendars. Bye-bye.